February 13th. Good morning, folks. It's a Monday edition. Of course, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yesterday, the Super Bowl. All sorts of things going on. We'll try to keep you up to date right here on 970 WATH. Well, good morning, folks, and uh, welcome. And the Chiefs, how about that? That's right, they topped the Eagles last night. Kansas City Chiefs lifted the Lombardi Trophy last night, topping the Philadelphia Eagles. The final score, 38-35. to And that was, of course, Super Bowl 57, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Let me turn your mic on, Rodney. Yeah. Good morning yeah. to good, you. Good morning to you. Good happy Monday to you. Look at that blue skies outside. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. And, yes, uh, Super Bowl last night. Uh, what a uh, what a night. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting such a close game as what it was. And uh, I was really excited with the fact of the competition that uh, was going on. I was a little let down with um, – the uh all the official recalls and things of that nature but you know it kind of made the game a little different but at the same time i think it answered a lot of questions truer and better than what the naked eye could well it's true i've i've been uh, present down at those um, um camera reruns and everything and um and i, I watch what they're watching and stuff and it did add it does act add a certain degree of accuracy and um you know and and that brings up a a big debate too you know i mean uh how how do you feel about that you know do you do you like that do you like going on what was seen by the naked eye you know i'm kind of torn i I ride both ways i look at both sides of the the story on that you know uh Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know how I feel. I like tradition, but at the same time, accuracy is always nice as well. Yeah, you know, it's I don't have a preference. I just know that there have been plays that I've seen one way, and then when you look at it, mm-hmm. absolutely um, under that kind of microscope, suddenly you realize you didn't see it the way it really was. Right, uh, yeah, and, and I think uh, proof being told on that is uh, the witness of the one Eagles touchdown where the player hit uh, his elbow and shoulder hit the ground just be- and the ball hadn't uh, crossed the plane of the goal line yet. So, you know, I could see, you know, I could see where that easily could have been called a touchdown and would have stood as a touchdown. And, and likely no one would have questioned that had it not been for the mini camera replays that they had going on. Well, the Chiefs did overcome a twenty-four to fourteen deficit, kicking uh, the winning field goal in the final seconds of regulation, following a holding call that um, allowed Kansas City to wind down the clock. And the Chiefs' quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw for one hundred and eighty-two yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions, including a twenty-six-yard run on the final drive. En route to being named Super Bowl 
MVP, most valuable player? You know, normally I don't enjoy professional sports uh, because, uh, well, until you get to this point, because it seems like uh, most of the time that they're out there just collecting paychecks and everything, and that's what I love about college ball is the fact that they play with so much heart, it seems like. And uh, last night's Super Bowl, it seemed like both teams were playing with so much heart and determination. It was such a great battle right down to the wire. I know my son-in-law was telling me, you know, the how there's always conspiracy theories, and you've been hearing a lot of different things over the last few months, at least I have, on social media and things where people are questioning as uh, to whether or not NFL is being rigged and things are, you know, especially, you know, the losing teams always seem to have that, that opinion. Uh, some might say that of the uh, Bengals and Chiefs game that uh, they lost in the playoffs there. But uh, it, it's interesting, uh, you know, even the the national news outlets say mentioned something about you know the referees you know did did they they aren't necessarily pointing to the fact that that's why they won but uh, anyway th there's a lot of speculation about uh, things like that and, and it's kind of interesting but anyway my son-in-law last night he was like i saw a script that was released for the super bowl and he says it had the score set at 35 27 and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. So anyway, I'm watching the game. And through the third quarter, Dave, if you remember how it all stacked up, it goes and all of a sudden, boom, here we are sitting there. And, I, and the score does exactly what he says. We're looking at each other. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. I can't believe it. If this is the case, if this game ends at 35-27, I am going to be very, very disappointed, and I'm going to have a lot of my own questions about this because, you know, I realize that there's a lot of cons – I was thinking there's, you know, even with conspiracy theories and things, this could be quite coincidental if that be the case. Um, I had to take one of my son's uh, friends home last night, and uh, in the meantime, I was without service for not even five minutes. Uh, from the time that I left my driveway till I got back to where service was and I turned the Super Bowl back on, the game was tied up, and I had no idea how it got tied up. So I was like, ah, so good thing is he was wrong about the script, and we've got a real game going on here. <laughs> well, it was. It was. And um, <clears throat> so another one coming, 57, 57th Super Bowl. Um, I can remember, you know, before there were days that we had one, a Super Bowl. And it was so, um, it's sure a big deal now, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I guess that, um, um, oh, the, the winning city last night, they just had craziness. Yeah, I, I imagine there was a lot of celebrations. I, I heard on the news there were a few instances in philadelphia where there were some upset fans but sure. they got them calmed down pretty quickly I sure believe. well let's turn our attention to an entirely different topic and that would be uh, the earthquake that occurred um, what how long ago now seven Five, eight days yeah in turkey official uh, uh, turkish officials detained um, at least 113 building contractors over the weekend 
as the region's death toll from Monday's twin quakes rose past 33,000. Survivors continued uh, to be pulled from the wreckage more than 150 hours after they were trapped, including a six-year-old boy and a pregnant woman. Early analysis of the Turkish quake-hit area reports nearly 25,000 structures collapsed out of 170,000 assessed. Many were recently constructed. Makes you sort of question uh, well, design and... and uh, interesting you bring that up, Dave. I was listening on World News Reports this morning. That's uh, some of the things that uh, are, are in on the minds and questions that are being asked by officials, uh, Turkish officials, they have, they are actually arresting builders yeah. and uh, putting them in jail right now, uh, be, and they're going to be investigating as to whether or not uh, they basically shortcut uh, their building projects and uh, maybe made this circumstance worse than what it could have been. Well, it's interesting to um, to note, and, and, you know, folks, you may not be aware of this, or it has been repeated recently, but in 1999, there was a quake that killed 17,000 people in the northwestern part of that country, and once again, we're talking about Turkey. After... A 1999 quake killed 17,000 people. Building codes were passed to require structures to be built to withstand high-magnitude earthquakes. However, Turkey regularly uh, offers amnesty, the latest in 2018, to substandard buildings in exchange for a fee. Experts claim at least 75,000 buildings in the quake zone were given such zoning amnesty. Oh, that's so weird. Mm. The shallow high-magnitude quakes in the East Anatolian Fault Zone are just the latest in a long history of seismic activity in that region. And... um, you know, should money be allowed to lessen um, the standards? You know, it's just, you're just um, setting things up for a catastrophe, in my mind. But that's just my mind. Well, I I have to think that uh, in your mind and in what's going on in the world right now that uh, your mind in the <laughs> might be on the right track on that one Dave. <laughs> yeah, well in it, my opinion that it's would be. A, it's so unfortunate <laughs> yes it is we have um, more unidentified 
flying objects. You know, here here's something interesting to me, and you'll probably read this in... in and and not, maybe flying is not the right word. Floating, I think. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, so these objects have been shot down uh, various sizes by the way i've heard from you know the size of a small car school bus different things like that but uh, there have been three in the last four days uh, one uh, in alaska uh, one over canada and one just most recently over lake huron and interestingly in the reports that i was listening to and, and what i've read um, there's been questions and, and there's been statements, and, and I think it's neat, funny, interesting, uh, just the, the question of extraterrestrial uh, spacecraft. Mm -hmm. And the probably one thing that is helping spark this, because as you said, uh, floating objects instead of flying, I think would probably be best described this. Uh, but the the Pentagon and, and, and high-ranking officials are not denying that these could be of extraterrestrial uh, origin. But they're not. They're, but neither are they saying that they are. Is basically they're saying they don't know what they are. Is is what they're trying to be to do. But it's funny how people are jumping on this bandwagon of extraterrestrial alien spacecraft and things of that nature, which I think is highly unlikely. Until I did hear one of the objects was uh, more, uh, what did they say, a pair, <laughs> more of a square <laughs> than a round. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I haven't seen pictures. That was just a brief thing. It, it made me think there for just a moment, but I haven't had time but, to actually explore it. You know, um, if that's true, um, it means there's someplace else that has more knowledge about the universe than we do. Yeah. Which is kind of wow. <laughs> you know? I, I've thought about that a lot, you know. I have. Um, uh, I, I do not dismiss the fact that there is the possibility and or likelihood that there is other intelligent life out there somewhere. Um, I have to think, uh, you know, matter, no matter how you uh, believe, mm -hmm. whether you believe in creationism or whether you believe in the Big Bang or, or a combination of, uh, you have to think that there, there's as big and as vast as the universe or whatever this world is, uh, there has to be the likelihood that things, the same circumstances likely happen someplace else as well. Uh, that may have been similar that created intelligent life form in some way shape or form and or looking at it from a biblical standpoint i think it's kind of selfish of us to think that we are the only creation that god made well let me just read this story here you've brought out a lot of points that are covered in it but um, this is what we have u.s fighter jets shot down unidentified objects floating over Lake Huron Sunday and the northern Yukon on Saturday. Following the downing of another car-sized object over Alaskan airspace on Friday. 
So this is four incidents now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Officials are working to recover the objects to gather more information about their origins and purpose, though they believe the objects were likely for surveillance. U.S. fighter jets have now taken down four objects in North American airspace over the last eight days, including a larger Chinese spy balloon off the South Carolina coast. That was the first one. Uh, which began the saga of the flying objects. Another spy balloon was found floating over Latin America last week before it left the continent's airspace. China has claimed responsibility for both balloons, maintaining the aircraft were meant to monitor the weather. U.S. defense officials have recently said at least three suspected Chinese spy balloons were also observed during the previous administration, though they were classified as UFOs at the time. Well, very weird. And um, Well, the thing you got to recognize and understand, that just because something is... Uh, classified as a UFO doesn't necessarily mean it is of extraterrestrial origin. Right. It's just unidentified of what it is and what origin it is. So until we know more, it would be hard to say. Uh, Let's see here. Here's another article. It says, uh, turn your home into your favorite vacation spot. Outer invents solutions that make spending time outside simple. Anyway, there's all sorts of things that you can do to jazz up your home, and this uh, this one particular company is getting quite a reputation for it. All right, well, let's see here. New Mexico State University has suspended its men's basketball program indefinitely following allegations of hazing within the team. I don't know. Um, I lived out there some. I'm sorry to hear this. What else can we talk about? We can um, turn our attention attention to historical events. Um, On this date, right, we we often do this on our free-for-all editions. By the way, we're working on a new, um, very healthy and well-built list of guests to be on the Party Line show. So we'll be resuming much of that soon. But um, we like the free-for-alls, too. Oh, yeah. February 13th it is, in case I hadn't mentioned that. And on this date, in the year 1258, Baghdad, which at that time was a city of one million people, falls to the Mongols as the Abbasid Caliphate is destroyed. Tens of thousands of people slaughtered, ending the Islamic Golden Age. Doesn't sound very pleasant. No. 
In the year 1601, on this very date, the first British East India Company, um, a voyage departs from London, led by John Lancaster. Okay. <laughs> I must not, you know, history is not my strength. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know why this is uh, all that important, but um, obviously historians believe it is. In 1689, on this date, Parliament of England adopts a Bill of Rights which establishes the rights of Parliament and places limits on the Crown. Wow. That would have been rather historical. And is <laughs> <laughs> we're still talking about it today, yeah, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1942 on this date, Hitler's Operation Sea Lion. It was to be the invasion of England, but was canceled on this date. Yeah, it was uh, actually it was something that was planned for a really long time. Uh, and what he had hoped to do was to be able to put uh, Britain in a position where they would have to surrender. And basically what happened in Operation Sea Lion is uh, he didn't really have a chance to build up his aquatic uh, attack forces and uh, attack through the English Channel like he had hoped. Uh, in the meantime, uh, England and Brit Britain had actually... Uh, done a lot of uh, preparing for an attack, so to speak, and, and they'd done so in a lot of unconditional things, uh, revamping uh, like a lot of vehicles and barges. They, they like uh, blockaded the, um, the channel itself with uh, reinforced uh, barges and things of that nature. So they had a, a steadfast plan in position. And uh, so finally, uh, after many years and, and Hitler realizing that, you know, the Japanese were the one that were far superior as far as naval uh, tactics were concerned, that he himself and their army was not going to be able to achieve what they had hoped to achieve. So he called it off. Three years later, exactly. In 1945, on this date, Allied planes begin bombing Dresden, Germany. A firestorm results, and over 22,000 people died. Yeah, that's that's definitely the uh, the bad thing about war uh, is lots of, of of death and destruction. That's for sure. This is amazing. On the very same date. 1945, on this date, USSR captures Budapest after a 49-day battle with Nazi Germany in which 159,000 people die. Wow. Wow. That's... All right. 1960, France becomes the fourth nuclear nation by exploding the 70 kiloton... Oh, boy. Your boys blue. <laughs> I think I, I think I probably did that not badly. Um, it was the name of their atomic bomb in the French Algerian Sahara Desert. All right, famous birthdays. Uh oh. Uh, just looking at them briefly, I don't know these guys. 
<laughs> okay, Joseph Banks. Now, now that name sounds familiar for some reason. You're, Isn't he? You're, a- you're smarter than I am. So he was born on this date in 1743. Died in 1820. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Joseph Banks or Joseph A. Bank, is it Banks or Bank? With an S. With an S. Uh, I mean, the the J- Joseph Banks that I'm aware of is uh, the Joseph Bank Clothing Company, which is a place where I like to buy my suits and things. Um, where, where is that located? Oh, various locations. They've got them in Columbus and Dublin, Morgantown. What's the name of the store? Joseph A. Banks. It's a men's outfitter store. I'm not the very least nice suits. I've never heard of it. Really? Oh, it's it's nice. You can go in and get really nice suits. Uh, uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 an amazing. I love shopping there. I mean, um, cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, you think that's the guy? I think so. Okay. I mean, that's the only thing that's popping up whenever I... 1743 to 1820. Make sure I don't want to... Well, then... Well, that's the Sir Joseph Banks. He's He was an English naturalist, botanist, and patron of natural sciences. <laughs> so it's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. So, uh, yeah, so so free plug for Joseph A. Banks Clothing Company. <laughs> we'll, we'll send him a bill. All right. Uh, Maybe they'll give us a suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need two. But anyway, uh, Thomas Malthus, M-A-L-T-H-U-S. Thomas Malthus, if I'm saying it properly, Born on this date in 1766, he died in 1834. Now, who was he? He was an English uh, cleric and, as well, an influential economic, uh, economist, I guess I should say, in the fields of political economy and demography. <laughs> now, do that again. <laughs> was an English cleric, also a scholar, and influential economist in the fields of political economy and demography demographics i you know i've had to learn a good bit about demographics but yeah being in this business you do yeah but um, the other areas no (laughs) (laughs) thank you thomas robert malthus for Uh, creating this opportunity for us to measure things. (laughs) Okay, another birthday to mention, and this is a person still alive. It's Robbie Williams celebrating his 49th birthday today. Robbie Williams. Now, I'm scratching my head a little, and I don't want to embarrass myself, so I'm going to wait for the answer. But do I know this person or not? Robbie Williams. Uh, He is an English singer and songwriter. He has found fame as a member of the pop group Take That from 1990 to 1995. Okay. Well, they're stretching a little bit for their birthdays today. (laughs) Um, Okay, the last one is that of William Shockley. S-H-O-C-K-L-E-Y. Um, William Shockley was born on this date in 1910. He died in 1989. I've heard that name. Well, there, there is a uh, William Shockley. Let's see, that's 
the American actor. I don't think that is it. So there was another William Shockley that popped up, I think, that we might be talking about. Would he have been the... Nope. Wrong button. 1910 to 1989. Okay, he would have been a physicist, yes. Was an American physicist and inventor. He was the manager of uh, the research, research uh, group at Bell. Oh. Like Bell Telephone. Yeah, Bell Labs that yeah. included uh, John Bardeen and Walter Bretain. The three scientists were jointly awarded uh, the 1956 Nobel Prize in Physics for their research on semiconductors and their discovery of the transistor effect. They were very important in uh, a lot of ways. I mean, if, if you think about it, computers... Uh, probably uh, have those three guys right there to thank for uh, the work that they did without uh, without knowing much about it and knowing uh, uh, what it takes to get those kind of things to work. Uh, yeah, William Bradford Shockley, uh, very uh, very much instrumental, I think, in why we have. And you read down here a little bit further. Uh, partly as a result, Shockley's attempts to commercialize a new transistor designed in the 1950s and 1960s in California, Silicon Valley became a hotbed of electronics and innovation. Look at that. I figured that out all on my own, Dave. Holy cow. <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay, now we'll test you two more times. Okay. These are two famous deaths we have that occurred on this date. The first was that of Cotton Mather, M-A-T-H-E-R, who was born in 1663 but died on this date in 1728. M-A-T-H-E-R. Um, I know he was a uh, preacher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I haven't the foggiest idea. Let's see. A promoter of the new experimental science in America, Cotton Mather carried out original research on plant hydrogenization, hydrogenization, and or hybridization, and on the use of something uh, in inoculation as a means of preventing smallpox. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the last one is that of Richard Wagner. Born in 1813, died on this date in 1883. Richard Wagner. Now, when I think Richard Wagner, I think <laughs> the actor Richard Wagner. Yeah. And you say 1813 to 1830? 1830. 83. 83, yeah. William Richard Wagner was a German composer, theater director, and conductor who is uh, chiefly known for his operas or as some of his mature works were later known as music dramas. Unlike most opera composers, Wagner wrote both the libretto and the music for each of his stage works. Uh, initially establish, establishing his reputation as a composer of works in the romantic vein, and uh, Wagner revolutionized opera through his concept of total work of art kind of uh, a uh, approach. I have a story here 
<coughs> I'm sorry, we're changing uh, topics considerably. Um, I have a story here of a, I'm going to say, um, a news writer who volunteered to answer telephones at a mental health hotline. Interesting. And, you know, some people are under the impression that people calling that just would really appreciate a sympathetic ear. Mm-hmm. But after doing it for a few hours, or maybe it was a few days, um, he says no. They need an informed listener. Right. And so someone with the skills to deal with mental issues. Now, I don't think it should have taken a news guy to figure that out. Right. Um, <clears throat> people are struggling. But. And and struggles don't mean that they're struggling all their life. It can be just they're going through something today or for a month or it could be a year or so. But, I mean, people need help, guidance, professional direction. And I've been through it. Uh, I don't mind saying that. I don't think there's shame in that. Um, but getting someone to give you some guidance and suggestions on how to tackle this or how to tackle that is um, it's 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 a very warm feeling and also needed. You done? You ever? I shouldn't ask you. That. <laughs> um, I I know what you're saying, Gabe. Um, I have uh, been an ear, so to speak, a sounding board for people before, and, and I have to agree with what this reporter has to say. And um, it, it what is said oftentimes to some people can be very critical because uh, at certain moments, um, you know, their perception of things uh, oftentimes can be different than what, uh, you know, your advice could be. And and I know this from personal experience because uh, I've had people that have, like I said, leaned on me and, you know, I've tried to help. And, you know, sometimes you get to a point where you realize this is, you know, this is more than than I can deal with. And, and, and then sometimes, too, um, some people just need a, a, a person to talk to and, and a sounding board, and, and they can figure out a, a lot of things on their own. I know myself personally, I, I my personal experiences have been that um, it's easy to talk to someone that you really don't know that and you don't feel is necessarily judging you um and just getting a lot of things off your chest and out in the open uh once you put it out there and you admit to yourself and um 
and it's out there, it, it sometimes can give you a better perspective of how to, to do something. But uh, honestly, uh, having someone with a trained ear and knowing how to react to certain uh, certain ways that a person is feeling and certain things that they say uh, is, I think, very critical. And, and, and what you said about this particular newsman, you know, why did it take a newsman to point that out? I, I would have to, to, to tend to think that, you know, this is something that is obviously well known and may or may not be publicized, obviously not as publicized as it should be. And I think that this, this writer of this story has kind of championed this cause a little bit. And I think that's the beauty of our industry, Dave, and that, that's, that's what's great about news and, and having the opportunity to be able to speak as, you know, uh, in, in our media and things like that. And hopefully uh, this man, this reporter, this person, I don't know if it's man or woman, but this person reporting, whomever they are, uh, hopefully their voice will be heard and, and this story can be shared and, and the right people can, can hear this and enough of, say, even maybe a movement can, can start that would uh, get the right people in the right places for things like this. The beauty of it is, as important as anything, I think, is number one, that we have those places that people can turn to and make those telephone calls. Secondly, uh, we do need to try and staff those with trained professionals. As hard and maybe as expensive as that may be, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, people with those skill sets uh, maybe have a job already and may be able to volunteer some time to be able to make that even better in the future. We do have such things, and we do have such trained professionals, and I have used them. I, I don't mind admitting that. Right. And it is very helpful. And, um, but folks, if you think you got to drive to Columbus or something like that <laughs> to do that, it's not true. Um, they exist in Athens, they exist down in Pomeroy, and they're all around. And um, so, um, it, there's no shame in asking for help Absol or getting another person's opinion. A absolutely. And, you know, especially right now in these times with PTSD, with uh, a lot of um, young people coming back, or not even young people, but just folks coming back from uh, war uh, that we have been in for, for so many years, you know, um, we oftentimes, I think, try to you know push it to the back of backs of our minds that um it you know we know it's happening we recognize it's happening and you know we try to champion and be on the side of veterans but in all honesty you know um our veterans right now are suffering in a lot of ways yeah. um and, and i think right now and not only our veterans dave but i mean the, the, the family members, the people that it's affected by, uh, the way the world is today with, uh, you know, with recent uh, pandemics uh, and things like that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of angst, I think, in, in our society. So 
uh, right now, I think it's as critical as any time that this message be shared to people that, you know, that we need to reach out. If you know someone that needs help, uh, find the resources. If you know veterans, there are veterans organizations and services that that, that can help guide you to help uh, this person in your life. You know, you, you may recognize it just a little bit, and they may do a good job of covering it up, but, you know, uh, reach out to these things. And not only that, not only veterans, but if you know someone in, in, in your life that you, you can see is a little troubled, you know, and instead of trying, you know, seek help yourself to, to try to find out how you can help them and guide them in the right manners and things like that. Don't try to take it upon yourself to be that person that fixes the issue or fixes their problem because that may not be what they need. And, and you may not have the skill. Absolutely. But the point is there is no shame Absolutely. in seeking some guidance and assistance. All right. Um, I did not realize this, but Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, has uh, sort of risen to the top as a COVID epicenter. And um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, no, uh, There's no reason given or anything like that, but uh, in terms of uh, the COVID thing, Mississippi. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, okay, here it is, the year 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to think about that for a minute. Well, I had to think with you. <laughs> yeah. And I have a story here of two people who were charged with the murder in 1975 of killing an Indiana teenager. And this story just broke. I read that last night, Dave. Amazing. Or Actually, I read that this I woke up about 2, 3 o'clock this morning. The story, I think, had been posted like three or four hours before that whenever I read it. But uh, what it ended up uh, happening was is that um, DNA, mm -hmm. DNA and accounts of witnesses, um, and the thing about it is, um, long story short, the, the, the lady had been working at a place, a church camp, and she left the church camp and was meeting some friends at a local amusement park. Uh, she never returned home that night, and... Uh, they ended up finding her body in a uh, waterway about 17 miles away from her home, which mm. uh, it, it, she had drowned. But uh, investigating officers suspected that she had fought for her life was the quotation. And, and that's what really kept this case along for so, uh, alive for so long was that over the decades, many different uh, uh, detectives and, and people were put in charge of this case, and it, it, it they worked on this case and worked on this case, and they were able to finally use DNA um, that that nailed the coffin basically on these guys that were able to allow them to charge them with murder, and um, 
with the with the murder charges uh oh one other thing not only the dna but the witnesses accounts is what i was going to say there was a girl that was dating one of the guys that uh when they had passed by the area where the body had been found she said that one of the guys actually was bragging that he had or maybe not bragging but at least talking of something that he had done bad with his friend at that location. At that location. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was one of the things. So I, I think that's one of the things that kept this trail so hot for so long was the fact that this this girl had come forth many years ago. I mean, we're talking nearly five decades, Dave, of investigation work that, that has gone into this. But uh, the stories, uh, they were able to uh, get the stories together and the DNA evidence, and it was a, a dead ringer of uh, these were the two guys that did it. Well, we already talked about the Super Bowl, but I just came across a couple little items here that we might add to it as we wind down the show today. Commercials, maybe? <laughs> Actually, I, I guess I was with my daughter and her husband and some others, and um, I think when the commercials were playing, we were more chatting. Oh, well, you missed a, a great evening I of entertainment and in commercials the, alone, Dave. In years past, <laughs> I, they have been featured, right. haven't they? Well, anyway, 10 things you might have missed during the Super Bowl. A coach wept. I saw that. That was one of the most uh, amazing renditions of our nation's anthem. And I went on social media. I was curious. People were just amazed. I don't know. There was one person that said he messed up twice or his voice cracked twice or something like that. That was the only negative thing that I seen. People were commenting on the fact that there was the coach was crying, players were crying. It was, and it, it nearly brought me to tears. I stood up for it. A tennis star hawked cognac and beer. Huh. We evidently you neither you or I saw that, but they say this happened. Um, another thing, nobody tried to sell you cryptocurrency. Thank goodness. Rihanna dropped in to sing and live to tell about Wow. I was scared for her. (laughs) That was kind of sketchy. It was, it was interesting. It was. And I, in the group I was in, there were differing opinions. Some thought it was cool. Some didn't. They just thought. I don't know what they were thinking, but I I thought as Super Bowl halftime performances went, it was good. I'll say this. The camera angles and the way they shot that and the choreography was amazing. I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I thought Rihanna did a great job. Uh, I, 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 you know, like I said, I was a little concerned, but I saw that they had her strapped on there. So if she did fall, she wouldn't hit the ground. <laughs> There's one more thing that I had not quite realized, but it said, what was the issue with the grass? It was loose, wasn't it? Yeah. Players slid and slipped all game, leading television announcers and fans watching at home to wonder whether the field was too slippery. I think so. Wow. Well, folks, that kind of wraps it up for today. Once again, when we come back tomorrow, it'll be Valentine's Day. 
we sent a nice box of stuff out to our grandkids and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from Lena and Nick how how cool it was to open this big box and have all these assortment of interesting things. Ronnie, take care. Have a great day. And uh, oh, you tomorrow night. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 